0: Typically Hazardous, welcome to the show. This is Hank Fortner, and I am so excited to have again part two, which you are re- hopefully receiving on the same day. We part two of our conversation with Dr. Henry Schreibman, our rabbi who flew down from San Francisco to join us for the Pastor, Poet, and Rabbi event. We had an event in Los Angeles. If you haven't read it, read about it or seen it or heard it, I would love for you to check it out on this podcast. It's called Pastor, Poet, and Rabbi where we each had 15 minutes on the subject of how to heal the world. The entire conversation really unfolded in such a, an unexpected and beautiful, but like really synonymous way. It was beautiful how those all tied together. But we couldn't bring a rabbi down from San Francisco for just 15 minutes because he has so much to say. And in fact, he went a lot longer than 15 minutes at Pastor and Rabbi, but that's what you get for going first. You you that's part of the benefit is if you go first, you get more. And so he, he came down and I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to talk to him and run our 20-ish questions. 20-ish questions is something that I do on this podcast when I have someone exciting in front of me and we don't have five hours to go through all the issues. So I'm hoping I can just rapid fire and machine gun them and help them sort of get the questions and respond and hand them back. And it's, it's really exciting. So this is 20-ish questions with the Rabbi Henry Schreibman. Check it out. I hope you enjoy it. And check this out. We're going to have another one of these. I'm going to do another 20 ish questions with the rabbi when I'm up in San Francisco this fall. And so if you have questions that didn't get answered, or if he he sparked something that you want to talk about, comment on the Instagram post about this episode, or you can tweet me at Hank Fortner and you can find information. Or there's a contact sheet on Facebook page, and I'm not hard to get a hold of. So check that out and send it to us because then we'll cover some of your questions. The rabbi likes Q&A more than any other way of communicating, so we want to give him the opportunity to do that. Uh, In this episode, you're going to hear lots of questions about rabbis, about faith, about his story. You're going to hear all sorts of things about Jesus. You're going to hear all sorts of things about me and us and life and ethics, and it's just really exciting, and it's really fast-paced, and I think you're going to love it. So check it out, enjoy, and look out because here comes 20-ish questions with Rabbi Henry Schrader. you ever wonder what your life would be like? What will you wish you would have done? Get after it already. What's life without a little adventure? We get one chance. Best live a big life. The exploration of the unknown. The hope for something more can be classified as typically hazardous. I call it an adventure.
1: Welcome. Let's get started, shall we?
0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are here with Henry Schreibman, uh, our rabbi from Pastor, Poet, and Rabbi. And we are here, he, we're actually driving him to the airport. So we are in the cockpit of my car, which, un- interestingly enough, Rabbi, my first five episodes, I had to record them in my car because I don't have an office. But we just got an office downtown for Adopt Together, so I'm Mm -hmm. very excited about that. But this is so now this is full circle. I'm now doing an interview in the front seat of my car as we go down the street. I hope this is a driving while podcasting. I don't know if you can get in trouble for that.
1: Cockpit of my car. It, we're, in like,
0: yeah. we're taping Dude, he's Burbank bit uh, of my car. We're in, and we're in Burbank. We're the, in Burbank. We're in Royal Burbank, California. We love this place. Hey, so here we are. We're about 10 minutes away. And so I'm going to rip through what I call a concept called 20-ish questions. So, Rabbi, I'm going to hit you with 20-ish questions and just ask that you would keep your questions directed towards those answers. Go wherever you
1: want. Everybody pray they stay brief.
0: Know that I have more questions to go. The first one I would say is well, what made you become a rabbi
1: um the early death of my father made me reflective about big questions in life and at eight years old i needed to describe in my own mind good and evil and the concept of being put in a non-jewish school to basically figure out how could i interface in the non-jewish world when there was a lot of anti-jewish feelings and anti-semitism hardwired um that's what pushed me to be a rabbi, to be someone who could joyously, humorously, and with depth explain Judaism to the non-Jewish world, Christians and Muslims.
0: Wow. What's the difference between a rabbi and a pastor?
1: Probably not much. There's more differentiation between a rabbi and a priest. A priest is imitative of early Christianity because there was celibacy associated with it, Uh, the notion of the end of time coming quickly, therefore celibacy rabbis and pastors um, ministers have full lives um, and in Judaism uh, divorce is an option as it is in uh, Protestantism and in Islam so uh, they're real people they whereas Catholics mistakes. will
0: shut you down they cut you yeah. off you yeah. can't even take communion if you get divorced
1: that's right but yeah. the, you, you within your lifetime you and your audience will see change in that area
0: for sure okay and then what is the if if Jesus was Jewish Jesus was Jewish? Is that, that, that's question three. Is Jesus, was Jesus Jewish? Uh,
1: I think altogether the audience will say, uh, yeah. Where's the question? In other words, Where, in that yeah. period, there were Greeks, there were Romans, there were assorted, if you will, pagans of all sorts. There were Eastern cults. And Judaism was the beginning of what we call ethical monotheism, not just monotheism. Sure. Right? If you know a little about Egyptian religion, you know yeah. Ra is on the top. Sure. Sure. If you know about Mesopotamian, Shamash is the top of the pantheon. But ethical monotheism, that the God is responsible and therefore demands ethical, social justice, responsibility from God's followers, bing, 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 that's what makes uh, Judaism unique. And yes, Jesus was Jewish.
0: Okay, so Jesus was Jewish, and Jesus was a rabbi, correct?
1: Uh, We don't know that. He was a teacher-preacher. But the notion of being a rabbi was so new, it's, for example, like in our era, uh, there are people who do massage, they do shiatsu, they do all the different arts on the body. In that period, people were doing mind and group teaching in a very sophisticated way, some with credentials, some with not.
0: Okay, sure. So Jesus
1: doesn't end up being referenced in the Talmud like several hundreds of rabbis any more than I'll be referenced 2,000 years from now. Okay, right. I won't be referenced. Others will be.
0: Which you're in good company then because you're with Jesus, not referenced.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> well, then the next I'm, question I'm not would quite be... sure my Jewish audience would <laughs> okay. appreciate that. But
0: you're, So then the yeah. Jewish audience, there's tension around Jesus. Why is there tension around Jesus? If Jesus is a Jewish rabbi... Yeah.
1: and Or Jewish teacher, Jewish, rabbi.
0: He's a yeah. Jewish teacher, yeah. Jewish, Jewish r- yeah. rabbinic teacher. Yes, good. He's... And he is teaching, really, the prophets, mm-hmm. and he's teaching, really, uh, these ethical, monotheistic ideas. Yeah. Why the tension around Jesus? Well,
1: y- y- you and I have referenced this, and I don't ever want it to be the focus. The unfolding of 2,000 years of, of Christian theological uh, discomfort with the Jews, uh, the notion that early Christianity, uh, once in the Roman hands, became anti-Jewish, Again, because the Romans started by being anti-Jewish, and then the unfolding uh, of the Middle Ages through the Crusades and and all the way through to the Holocaust and contemporary anti-Semitism, it's a dangerous subject for Jews for but, their own
0: personal safety, even. Well, I mean, for their
1: cultural for their cultural survival. Sure, um, the Crusades was uh, between Christianity and Islam, but the first two Crusades wiped out ninety nine zero percent of the Jews through the, through the lands that would be Sheesh. somewhere between France and Germany on the road toward Jerusalem. And Hitler was successful with about a third of the Jews during the Holocaust in Europe. Sheesh. So so right the history so there's is, cultural to that. is threatened. It, it, there's a cultural theological threat that Christianity must feel periodically. But there you are. So it's it's a,
0: it's a cultural threat they feel towards the people of Jesus— but the person of Jesus, yeah. the resistance to him, he didn't say anything bad about the Jews, no, right? No, he was Jewish. He didn't, was Jew- he he didn't was develop Jewish. any anti-Semitism. It was no. the people who claimed Jesus. Afterwards. By, and they, though they were, who were already anti-Semites.
1: Well, let's not push anti-Semites. They, okay. There was anti-Jewish sentiment. Okay. From the minute the Romans occupied Israel in 63 BCE, 63 years before Jesus, and now we're getting into long answers. It's your
0: fault. Oh shoot! Yeah. Okay. okay. I, well, that's technically a follow-up answer, which fits yeah, with the 20. yeah, yeah. I'm burning my 20s. I just want to get to a. Your play, audience so
1: just went. Wah, wah, what I'm wah.
0: smelling is that the uh, resistance for a Jewish community yeah. to the person and name of Jesus mm-hmm. is only to the people who did things to the Jewish community in
1: the name of Jesus.
0: Not necessarily to the teachings and the person of who Jesus was. Is
1: that true? I would say that is accurate. But what is hard for non-Jews to understand is that as a minority's minority, in other words, there are 13, 14 million Hispanics in California. Right. And they are able to rock an audience. They're able to rock food and culture. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be able and have rocked elections. Sure. There are 13 or 14 million Jews in the world period There are about six point something Jews million six point something million Jews in Israel and there's six point something million Jews in America and they're floating about a million Jews in Europe and the rest of the world hmm. so it's a minorities minorities minority that has made a huge contribution culturally yet is still resented and there's a lot of bad rap that you can say about Jews that you could never say about any other culture
0: That was a great answer. You ended that so perfectly. That was so good. I, I took you like, off wow. guard. The it was good. I was going, like almost surprised. Was shut way, up. I'm looking down at my map app because we're still yeah, headed to yeah, the yeah. airport. Next question. Now this is these, these going to go more lifestyle questions because I really appreciate that. But I think for the for our audience, maybe they're not wondering like, why are the Jews so against Jesus? That may
1: not be. They're a, not. They're not occupied with it. They don't. They they don't
0: care, right? It doesn't well, they, no, cross No, it's not your, that they
1: don't care. Ooh, it's just go. it's hard I got enough. I got fired it's hard enough to be Jewish. Yeah. There's a famous phrase in Yid, it's, it's not easy to be Jewish. When somebody says they want to convert to Judaism, which there's a, a 10% influx, believe it or not, into Judaism. Wow. Um, the, the, the population that is interested in Judaism are told, you know, that every 70 years they try to wipe us out. You know, wow. that this may be a liability for the rest of your children and generations. You know, there's, just like there's the black talk. Right. There is the conversation.
0: Right, sure. You
1: know, when sure. you have little you will children, will be
0: treated differently. When you, very
1: right, you're we have all the privilege if you're Eastern European Jew of white privilege until they find out you're a Jew. All right, so then
0: I'm going to I'm going to uh, before I get to the relevant to the like lifestyle questions of like what do I do when? That's really what I want to get to for these next couple questions. Last night we did pastor poet and rabbi. Yeah. My poet is Jewish. You are a Jewish rabbi. And I am an Anglo-Saxon Catholic white boy. Yeah. I was told by two people, why did you have three white people up there? hmm Would you say that you are, that there were three white people up there?
1: Well, this is more controversial, and Jews and non-Jews may or may not respond well. But That's what
0: I love. This, is, the, this podcast is called Typically Hazardous, so if yeah, you don't well, touch controversy at some point, I'm not doing my job.
1: Since the 70s, when I would participate in the census, I would force the question. Which is, I happen to be Polish-Russian-Jewish, which is 80% of the Jews that one runs into in America. Okay. If you go to Israel, it's a country of color. A million or so out of the six million fled the Arab world. And they are a dominant cultural and religious force in Israel. Okay. And people of color, Ethiopian Jews, are fully black Africans. So Judaism is not a race. Judaism is a cultural group, a religious group, an ethnic subset, because there are Spanish Jews. There are sure, Italian yeah, yeah. Jews. So are, there you, are Arab are white? Jews. Me? I am Polish-Russian with no affinity to Poland or Russia. If I'm Mexican, I love Mexico and eat Mexican food. If I'm Jewish, sure. I eat, maybe I eat Jewish food, but I hate Poland and Russia. Right, sure. And what they did. Sorry. And I carry the name Schreibman, right? German-Jewish name. It, it shows you that Jews lived first in Western Europe and then migrated to Poland and Russia. That's great. And so I happen to have this skin, but as soon as I go into certain parts of our country, and if you read any of the diatribes of all of the terrorists, they basically self-radicalize first around anti-Jewish, then they go to anti-Muslim, then they go to anti-black, in any order— there is usually a and now layer anti, of anti-Semitism. And now is a, oh yeah, a, 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 another whole yeah. other category. You just you mention it, you know, yeah. one after another, they will line up in those yep. perspectives. But there's always that sort of white hatred, uh, white Christian hatred uh, in the extreme uh, for Jews. And on the left, there is suspicion that all Jews are anti-Palestinian or Israel is apartheid. So it it, it sort of takes it on both sides. Sure. I would say
0: my next question. These are my, these are my next questions are based on like lifestyle stuff. So not even the not the theological. Yeah, historical. let me just say this that
1: I, yeah. that I would love your audience to respond to that, because I say it heartfelt, not to be smug. Sure. Um, that this is this is counterculture to say that. Huh. But Judaism really isn't a race or a culture. You just see a lot of pale Jews in in. America because of the quirks of our migration history. Hmm.
0: Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, what do, if, if, as a rabbi, what I find fascinating about you and what I've in, enjoyed about our conversations is it seems like you have a lot of insight from 4,000 years of a, of a spiritual history that you represent that can guide me in scenarios. So I'm going to give you a couple scenarios and go, what do I do... When I lose a person I love.
1: One of the things that that I do in and around Jewish rituals is recognize the the brilliance of a 3,000-year-old tradition. So those of you in the audience who are in the healing and caring and medical fields know that there's Kubler-Ross, which has stages of grief. Hmm. Well, those stages of grief are virtually echoed in Jewish ritual of rejection at the beginning, um, slow acceptance, hmm. anger, all of those stages are acknowledged in a 11 a month process of mourning. So, hmm. Jewish ritual is really quite therapeutic that way no drinking, no avoidance. Okay. Okay. But when I lose somebody that is dear to me, what I try to do is um, enunciate in my mind a ritual where I can see them in my eye. And therefore, when I do that ritual on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, uh, they shoot into my head. So I keep them alive, many of which are around social justice issues or charity issues or getting ready for the Sabbath issues or when I wash my hands before I uh, eat issues. All of those bring my sacred debt around me. Hmm. And even in this wedding that I did uh, just two days ago, uh, both had lost uh, 30 and 40 year marriages to the death of their spouse there is a component of a jewish marriage which basically says here's a prayer for the sick who couldn't be here here are my sacred dead who couldn't be here and before you do the happy joy joy part you really take care of your business wow so what's
0: what's, and how would you describe what is a sacred dead is that just a person that you've loved well is that kind of how you put them as a sacred dead or is that sacred dead like the way the catholics would have saints no 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 no
1: this is my father, my mother, yeah. my uncle, my aunt, your spouse, uh, the people who are surrounding you, who you envision hmm. uh, as part of your life, and they live
0: through your vision, or do there's is the is the Hebrew belief that there's actually their spirit is actually with you? Judaism
1: has a tendency during holidays and rituals to acknowledge your your sacred dead, the key people who you would have said kaddish for, and there's no there's no awkwardness, although it does feel awkward. About bringing them into the front hmm. of a happy holiday, hmm. right? But yeah, you, right. You, you wouldn't in quotes. You wouldn't just do Christmas. You would consciously talk about them, say a prayer, uh, if, if you were a Christian in doing this. Yeah, right. And then sit down to Christmas dinner, huh. and and people would go, "Well, wait a minute. Why are you talking about the dead?" That, no, this is yeah. About, don't talk about my, my happy joy joy. Yeah, right. Yeah, but Judaism does that. Wow, very comfortably. What
0: a beautiful way to re- and to all of remember the Jewish holidays
1: person. include either at the front end or at the end end, uh, Yiskor, Prayers of Remembrance. Wow, that's beautiful. It keeps it alive. Yeah, know? that's beautiful. And I like that because, you know, I figure at the end of time when you're cashing out and I'm cashing out, those sacred dead will be not sainted, but, you know, they're going to be present to you. It, it's cert it surely beats the beeping of a monitor. Absolutely. To picture in my mind.
0: Absolutely. The idea that my daughter is praying before Christmas dinner mm-hmm. and saying our names. Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful idea for my right. wife and I. Yeah. Uh, what do I do when I um, can't seem when I'm busy, but I can't seem to find meaning in life, and I can't figure out what it all means or why it's all here? I keep talking to so many people who. Are busy and successful and go, I just, I can't find, and we've talked about some people close to us both who go, Mm -hmm. I'm in the sweet spot of my career and my life, but I just don't, I can't figure out if it all means anything. It's starting to feel purposeless.
1: This is a natural component. I don't have to tell you all, those of you in your 30s or 40s, if you've become semi-accomplished or now you're making money doing something, once we get into a sweet place in our own existences another component of being a mammal kicks in and that is the question of existence once we're fed once we're clothed, yeah. Yeah. once we're safe, once they're little chubby babies, you know, farting on you early in the morning. Yeah. Right. Now, you know that life is good. And then this other part of the mammal uh, kicks in yeah. and goes, is this the right way? Is it wrong? Should I stray? And that's where a lot of people do some really stupid stuff. So
0: self-destructive, right? Yeah. And I, that makes sense to me that you I know, how did I, it.
1: you know, how did I become the boss? You asked that question in the forties and fifties. How did I ever get to this place? I started here. And, and do I really like how I'm making money? Right. Is there justice in what I'm doing? Or should I justify my yeah. existence? And you're
0: saying that's a privileged question because all of your needs are met. Your physical needs are met. Your survival yes. needs are yes. covered. And so now you're, by asking that question, you've hit this beautiful season. Yes, where now you have a chance to pause and go, hey, I get I have the luxury of asking, Are you part Do of I like stuff? how I'm making money? Whereas your other questions were, dear God, how do I pay rent? How do I pay for my kid? How do I, you know?
1: And I think there's a cautionary tale in that that makes that search a good thing. Um, when we were getting a, a piece of a meal last night before the show, um, I, I engaged a gentleman who was clearly in a in a, in a not as good a socio economic. Uh, setting. He's a street person, but he, you know, I just engaged him. I said, so what are we going to do about this racial mess? Mm-hmm. He's a black guy. And it turned out he's a, a, what I call a philosopher king, <laughs> right? He, is, he, he, he has sold his life somewhere probably with a little mental illness or some other things going on that he's a street person. But if you ever talk to somebody on the street and one of my sons does that his whole life since he was a teenager like I do, no fear, uh-huh. They're our fellow human being, and they have important insights, and they actually get what they're doing. Yeah, right. And they have a spiritual core. Right. And it may or may not be conventional Christianity, but it always concern concerns mercy and understanding, and we're all the same. They get the universal principles, huh. and that's why a, a thousand plus years ago, in in the search for the Messiah or the Messianic era, some of the rabbis said, you know, the Messiah comes in a form that would you would not expect. Yeah. Right, And that they're, at any given point, the 36 righteous people that keep the world going, except they don't know they're part of it. Yeah,
0: right. So this right. guy could
1: have been him. Right. Wow. You know,
0: as wow. opposed to the
1: guy in the SUV.
0: I love that. I know we got in the car and you said, you said, uh, yeah, the Messiah can come in all forms. He's probably going to come in the form of a of well, an street old person. street guy drinking three espressos in, in a row. Did Boy. you see the cups he had in front he of me? He, yeah. he was hitting those things hard. I got a
1: contact tie that lasted <laughs> all night for me. <laughs>
0: That caffeine. Last question, because we're pulling into Burbank Airport in turn of the terminal. Last question. If I have been raised in a spiritual or religious household, and now it all feels like a uh, distant thing, like almost like a sports team I don't cheer for anymore, mm-hmm. what do I do if I still want to connect to God, but I don't want to wear the jersey anymore?
1: Well, one of the things that I said as you and I were driving into the city is— The same thing that I do, that I recommend anybody who is either in search of a spiritual life lost or in search of a spiritual life not found, is to go out into nature. Look into the eyes of a dog or a cat. Go out into the mountains. Um, The Psalms say, I look up into the mountains, and that's where I feel the strength of God. So I think through nature... Where does my help come from? I mean, that's also
0: the great philosopher's movie sound of music also mm-hmm. said that at the end you know as yeah. they were fleeing the nazis they were yeah, yeah, saying hey yeah, yeah. i look into the hills it was a nun actually oh yeah who, well it's it's who, a, who it's a who biblical them reference away,
1: yeah it's a biblical reference so that's what i do and shabbat this notion of sabbath which is unplugging electronically uh, for 24 hours a week i work like a horse i'm a workaholic i've given that to my children as well um, pulling away for 24 hours is a very important discipline. As and you go no pulling. phones, you go, I mean,
0: yep. no it. phones, airplane mode, everything. That's it. You're I with just, your family, you're with your wife, yep. you're with your friends. Yep. You're and just I there.
1: have a, and if God forbid there's a ring, I have an emergency ring set for my immediate okay, blood sure. relatives Yep, yep. and then I'm there for them. But I teach everyone around me wow. that, that, uh, that gives me the spiritual focus that answers some of those other questions huh. of why are we here? Wow, that's... And your, that's be- and your guy a yesterday solution said meditate. He said meditate. Yeah, right. And I feel right.
0: like the beautiful solution to that is that it pulls you deep into the spirituality of others. Yeah. As opposed to going, I'm going to go to this church or I'm going to go to this thing or I'm going to do yeah. this thing. I'm going to do it at this me. This music. I'm going to do it at... Yeah, I'm right. I'm going to do it in me. As opposed to go... Yeah, yeah. Let that. the
1: universe bring you back in. Walk late at night. Look at the stars every night. Right. If you're going to put an app in, put the app in about the stars. Wow. Look at that stuff.
0: Yeah, right. And
1: I, I know that sounds weird but i do that that's good it's better than sitting on a porch smoking or drinking and that's how Just you look connect at nature to that divine Just look at, yeah, yeah it's, it's divine it's there yeah right all you got to do is broaden your scope and yeah. open the horizon that's beautiful i love you you're awesome Be good. thank Shalom. you so much
0: rabbi we're here your flight leaves in 15 minutes and uh we'll see you and soon. if i'm not
1: on it you're driving me
0: Fuck <laughs> deal <laughs> all right care. guys peace Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you so much for being a part of this. As always, you can join our email list by texting 66866 and the name Hank to that number 66866 and you can join our email list. We have another live recording happening at the Bootleg Theater in Silver Lake which is a neighborhood of Los Angeles on August 8th at 8pm. As always no tickets no RSVP you come as you are you show up we've got a seat for you. August 8th Bootleg Theater 8pm would love to see you there. Thank you for being a part of Typically Hazardous now go live your adventure.